Thank you for tuning in to We Have That Podcast at Home, the only podcast to become wheelchair accessible by 2028. I'm your only host, Gamage. And joining me today is a contra- I don't know if that's quite true. It's, I'm, I'm the only host. It says it right here. I have it in my notes. I don't, I think the notes have been changed. Uh, it does say that joining me today is the controversial writer whose new book, 101 Ways to Brew Pudding During the Fall of an Empire, is facing Twitter backlash. Welcome to the show, Rachel. I think you have the wrong Rachel. This is awkward. No, it says right here. Why did you decide on this title? How is Pudding Brewed? Um, well, you stick it, uh, like in a teapot. That's how I make my pudding, is in my teapot. I see. That's all I got for you. (laughs) (laughs) You, you stick your pudding, well, you stick your pudding ingredients, like in a tea bag, and then you, you know, you not brew your water but heat up your water and then you pour it over the tea bag and then once your hot water and your tea bag full of pudding ingredients intermix and are given a couple minutes to steep and brew then uh you know you just got pudding in a cup it's basically it and why did you think that this was uh the appropriate book to write during the fall of the empire well i think just because pudding's on the down the, de- the decline, the downhill, doesn't mean that we should completely toss out all pudding recipes. I just think maybe we should condense to the easiest, most straightforward pudding recipes like brewing it. That's interesting. That's interesting. So uh, we've reached out to your neighbor growing up, Braxton. Uh, we offered to fly him out, but he declined. But he had a lot to no say comment. about you. I don't know who that is. I've definitely, Braxton North, I have never lived next to in my life. Let's see. uh, Braxton notes that uh, he's not appreciative of the time you barked at him. Now, why'd you do that? I don't know who that is. Braxton, your neighbor growing up. I don't have It's in my notes. Uh, Well, you know what? Your notes also said you're you're the only host, and I don't think that's true. Because you know what? Maybe you live next to Braxton. How was that growing up? Why did you bark at Braxton? Look who's the host now, bitch. Braxton also recalls uh, you stealing his ancient Mew promo card from Pokemon the Movie 2000 and then tried to trade it back to him with the excuse of, oh, I found it in the alley, but it's not yours. And then the question on this comment is, uh, why are you a thieving liar fuck? So at what point in being raised did you realize you were a bitch, a twat waffle? Uh, For me, it was about 14, 14 and a half. And was that when your mom told you, or did you learn that yourself? My mom never told me, but she did write it down, and I did read it. So is that how you learned it, or did you had you already surmised I mean, I, I, that you're an asshole before that? You know, the, the pieces were all there. The signs, red flags, green flags, white flags even. So did you decide to start interviewing people because you thought, how better can I be an asshole than by being an asshole to other people on live podcasting no of course not it it says in my notes that we were interviewing you this time no i'm interviewing you i'm the host when did that happen i believe when you started answering all my questions um so when in your childhood uh did you realize that your daddy went out for milk and was not going to come back well i didn't even meet him until god 15 and where did he live at the time uh decline 
I don't know, in the South Are somewhere. you declining to answer, or are you saying that he lived on the decline? <laughs> he was definitely <laughs> living on decline. Mm. Like, angularly, or uh, would metaphysical be the right word? Yeah, I think metaphysical, yeah. Yeah, physically or metaphysically? I actually think the term's mentally. Yeah, uh, physically or <laughs> mentally? It's metaphysically, actually. Uh, uh, Physically or metaphysically? Yes, both. What about your dad? No, that's going to conclude our interview. I'm tip-tapping my papers on my desk. I don't know if you can hear it. And that means we're done here. This has been a lovely interview, and thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank thank you for inviting me. We'll have all of this information out next week. Yeah, I'm I'm very honored to have been on the show. I've been the host of We Have That Podcast at Home, the one and only host, Rachel Craig. So what did you want to talk about this week? All right. So uh, for a wild card week, I happened to watch this movie this past week. So I changed my topic to this because I thought this was hilarious. Um, I'm going really to quick, give you... Really quick. Yeah. Is, it one of, is it one of the two big movies going on right now? No. Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a very in-depth completely professional and astute analysis of or analysis and review of the box trolls a movie that came out in 2014 so you know if in the last almost decade you haven't seen it spoilers i have not seen it well i guess i can't tell you any of it then well no one spoiler no it's fine i don't i don't want to see it I know I'm fucking with you. Um, okay, so uh, to begin, I'm going to tell you actually some kind of cool fun facts about the people that created it, um, and then I'm going to get in-depth on a play-by-play of this entire movie for you. Go for it. Um, so The Box Trolls is a stop-motion film made by uh, Loika? Laika? I think it's Laika. Um, they made Coraline, Cubo, Corpse Bride, and Paranormal, <laughs> so some pretty big stop-motion films really quickly um, uh Coraline is one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. uh the first yeah, time yeah. I ever watched it was uh I had just got off work and I was really really tired so I was like constantly passing out and like you know that thing where you're 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 falling asleep and you're waking up and like you're kind of getting bits and pieces at a time every time I would come conscious i would see creepy shit on this movie and my brain (laughs) stitched it together and it's rough it's rough uh so they made that crazy movie go on (laughs) um yeah so i actually just went to a museum that's uh called i think like another world or other worlds at mopop in seattle right now which is how i ran into this film and decided to watch it um, but like is a pretty cool stop motion studio. Their kind of whole deal is to try to push the boundaries of what is traditionally done in stop motion. What else did um, you say so they did? They've done Coraline, Cubo, Corpse Bride, and Paranorman. Mm, I actually love all of those movies except for Coraline. I, I just heard Coraline <laughs> it's and went into a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> uh, but Brittany and I saw the uh, Kubo one in theaters. It was a dynamite movie it didn't get nearly as popular as i feel it deserved 
Yeah, their studio is really cool. So I guess there's this thing called on ones on twos, which is essentially how many pictures they take. Uh, frame uh, it, it's it's uh, like frames per shot. Yes, like um, um, yeah, Spider Man. So... Spider Man into the Spider Verse is on um, twos, except Miles is on fours, so he like looks stuttery. That's okay. I was gonna one. say, yeah, that's um. So they did uh. They did on ones, so it has 24 frames per second, which is one of the... Like, it makes it look a lot smoother. Yeah. Because most stop motions do on twos, which is 12 frames per second. Um, But this movie... With stop motions, especially, like, that's that's what makes it look so smooth. But otherwise, for most mm-hmm. things, like in, in normal uh, hand-drawn animation, cartoon, things like that, twos and even threes sometimes are fine because, like it stitches together so well that we don't even notice like the in-between oh, yeah. parts. But like for stop motion, ones is definitely, definitely the best looking. Yeah, I feel like twos, you it's still smooth. Like you're not really noticing it unless you are hyper fixating. But on ones is starting to border on, it almost looks like closer to CGI than a claymation. I feel like video gamers, uh, like myself included, are kind of to blame for how the f- like frames work in, in in the industry like specifically everything is kind of pushed to be 60 frames per second now and that's not always the best method like for cartoons like you don't want things to be 60 frames per second you want things to you know have that that, that smear I don't know if you know what that smear is it's like the in-between physical movement. Like when like somebody like moves their hand, it's 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 very like the way it's drawn is very like smeary. Yeah. Okay, you're talking about more of that motion blur concept where it's not just yes. exactly Ugh. crisp every Ugh. scene. Yeah, and and it's done intentionally that way. And Ooh. and this push to like make everything sixty frames per second high def, gamers are kind of to blame for it because while games should be sixty frames per second. Uh, it's not always the artistic focus. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I feel like that's a reasonable uh, leap in logic. So Box Trolls, I remember seeing the posters for it, but I never actually watched it. Yeah, so uh, the general synopsis that we will kind of go over more in depth is orphaned at infancy, Eggs was raised by box trolls. Eggs is a human being, not a box troll. Uh, All of the trolls are named after the box that they wear, and his was from a box of eggs, so he is thus Eggs. Um, So orphaned at infancy, Eggs was raised by box trolls, underground dwellers who scavenge the streets of Cheesebridge by night. A surprise encounter with a human girl leads to unexpected discoveries about his mysterious past and his imprisoned real father. Which, honestly, that synopsis kind of gives a lot of things away about this movie, not gonna lie. I mean, most but that's synopsis. that's the one on their website. Most, most synopsises and even trailers at this point, like, kind of give the whole movie away. Yeah, yeah, they do. Trailers are well known for their, oh, if this is a shitty movie, I have officially seen all the good parts in this two and a half minute trailer. I think part of the blame is how common anxiety is, because I know that a lot of people who have anxiety have trouble watching movies like they they 
don't like to watch something they haven't seen before because of the anticipation of something new. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of gives them anxiety. So like some people will like open up Wikipedia while they're watching a movie, and like learn the whole plot. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah, I've heard about that before. I've never like heard about the opening up Wikipedia to read about it ahead of time, but yeah, I can understand that. So I wouldn't be surprised if trailers nowadays are kind of like, for all you anxiety-ridden people, this is what to expect. Yeah, these are all the things. This way you can come and enjoy this. Yeah, I just try not to watch trailers, for especially for anything I actually want to see. I I like being surprised. I love twists. I love surprises. Um, I still love trailers. If there's a trailer for a movie I want to see, I will watch all of it. I will watch every bit of it. I don't mind spoilers too much. But that's, well, that's, that's good, because this entire speech is about to be one large spoiler about the box trolls. Hit it. All right, so uh, a couple more fun facts. Um, this movie is based on Here There Be Monsters by Alan Snow, which when I read the synopsis of that book is equally fucking weird. Um, and some cool stop motion fun facts. So they shot on one, so it has 24 frames per second. Um, they It took... F- for every 56 seconds of film, it took four plus months yeah. to completely animate, which is bonkers. That's stop motion for you. Yup. And then the main characters in the movie have about 8,000 3D printed faces with alternating brow and mouth pieces, which equaled about 1.5 million different expressions for each of the main characters, which is fucking wild. I know that they used to like carve the faces or mold them out of clay like manually yes i wonder if 3d printing is much easier or even cost efficient um i would assume both so when i was at the museum this weekend uh it i believe for Coraline, it said they had six to seven thousand faces made for Coraline, um but they didn't 3d print them at the time and then for cubo they had something like a hundred thousand interchangeable 3d printed faces for the character that sounds about right. so i i think it gives them a significantly larger range of facial expressions because i imagine coding the process of changing the facial expressions and printing them out has to be much more simplistic than carving yeah i wonder how if that's hurting the industry of the, the creative process though like Instead of getting somebody whose expertise is molding them, like, he's out of job. Fuck that guy. Now we have a computer programmer in or a graphics design person who's 3D modeling these faces and and different expressions and features and then 3D printing those out. Yeah, I don't know, because they, um, like, it definitely has a different vibe than the true claymation stop motions that I've seen. So I don't know if there's still... uh a desire and a focus on actually making and carving them from or molding them from clay or like, like are they two considered two different mediums of stop motion? I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't know how that would affect. Like I imagine it really screws all the people who focused on being able to mold their art versus programming it to be printed, but it does let them do other cool shit. Like um, one of their other movies I think it might be Cubo. They make this giant, like, skull death creature thing that's, that's, that's actually Kubo. a 14-foot-tall a creation, like, in, in real life. Um, and that one they attach to a huge mechanical table. 
and then did a bunch of marionette crap with its arms but attached to mechanics so that a computer would move it since it was so giant and heavy but that's again you're kind of kicking somebody off a project while right. adding somebody for essentially the same thing if you haven't seen but it yet different. i highly recommend checking it out it was a really good movie oh it's definitely on the list after going to that museum because it looked really cool both in artistic design and in story. I'd really hate to have your list of movies to see because it's got to be pretty big. It's obscenely long, yeah. And then stuff like Box Trolls, which definitely... <laughs> Didn't make the list, but... I don't think should even be on a list. Um, It's not terrible, but I wouldn't call it great. Oh, you're selling it really well. Yeah. Well, I think I'm honestly about to sell it, but in more of a... Uh, cult classic style of film than a hey check out this splendid cinematic piece but yeah one last fun fact because it's really cool so the trolls are these obviously little troll beings but they're sort of like turtles where they're in a box as their shell that they hide in um and they actually made their little stop motion characters be able to fold up inside the box which is really cool um, what are the what yeah. are their names because because they're named based off of the box that they're wearing yeah, so there's like fish, shoe, egg. Who puts fish in a box? I well, it's like the box they're delivered in. I think I don't remember all of their names, but fish and and shoe are the the two fish and main shoe. ones. Yeah. What What would your box name be? I guess it depends on what box is closest to me. I think I'd be uh, Vaseline, is what people would call me. <laughs> Um, I think I'd be brisket because I feel like that's the last box I threw away at work. Brisket. Oh, for going brisket. off of that, uh, Amazon. I'm Amazon. I am Amazon. I am Jeff Bezos now. Fear me. If only. <laughs> that's an obscene amount of money. I was talking to JT this week and I was like, what would you do if you had that quantity of money? And he started with, oh, I think I'd like travel for a month. And then I was like, and then? Because you have fuck you money. Like, what would you do with you travel fuck you money? every day forever? Like somebody, somebody did the math. Like the day that America was founded, 1776. If you were to make $11,000 on that day, every day up until now, you still would be shy of $1 billion. That's how much a billion dollars is. It is yeah. an obscene amount of money. Ob yeah, it's insane there's nothing that should be justifying billionaires and like you'll notice that the people defending billionaires are people who are super poor too like let them have their billions it's like you're broke nobody care the billionaires they don't care about you i don't know why you're fighting for them so hard i don't think i have ever met a poorer person that is hyped about billionaires i have only met people who are i won't say well off because that's relative but someone who is comfortably able to pay their bills and go on vacations and buy luxury items regardless of size of those things I, that's the only people i have ever heard that are like well billionaires should keep their money they earned it so allow me to um clarify what i meant by broke people i meant in comparison to like all of the people that, you know, I know people that are well off too, who can, you know, afford a vacation a year. Those are the people that are definitely on the side of billionaires, but they don't understand like. Oh, you're saying comparative to a billionaire, these people are broke. Exactly. 
I'm not. Well, that's I'm not talking. Of, I'm not talking about. There's there's no people at the soup kitchen being like Jeff Bezos earned it. I, I, those people are not in the conversation, though they should be. <laughs> yeah. No, you're talking about literally everyone then. Yes. Because everybody is broke by comparison, except for you know the three other billionaires in the world. Um. Speaking of billionaires. We're about to meet the beautiful capitalistic society that is Cheesebridge because I literally did not know the name of that town until I read that synopsis of you because I genuinely do not think it is mentioned a single time in the film. Well, I mean, for things like stop motion and I mean, a lot of other stories, but ones that require an extreme amount of creativity and uh, labor and work always have a lot more lore written up for their world. Like they, they've spent a long time creating this world and they have all these plans and not all of them make it into the final cut. Like yeah, but the name of the city. Here's the thing, Gamage. There are so many cheese puns and weird cheese related happenings in this story. You would think that would be conducive to set up to mention that they live in Cheesebridge. And I could be wrong, but I am almost certain they do not mention the name of the town a single time. I mean, that does sound a little messed up. Yeah, the there's yeah, there's some shit happening in this film. Alright, so are you ready to hear my play by play of uh box trolls? I'm been ready. Alright, so the movie opens with a baby being stolen by the bro- the box trolls. Kidnapping. So it Yes. Um, why, so you're then... Are, bitch, are you going to fucking interrupt me every three words? I might. Why Why were they kidnapping a kid? Like, why, box trolls are the type to kidnap? Motherfucker, I'm about to explain the whole movie to you. Hold your questions. This is like being oh God, 30 seconds the person... into the film and asking every clarifying question about the end of the fucking film by I've, five seconds in. I just turned into the person that like does do the the like the wiki of of the the movie. Yes, because I'm like, yes, you. Why do. are they doing this? Get... What? What are they? What? What is this? Yeah, I'm gonna fucking explain. It's the whole goddamn plot of the movie. Hilarious. Go on. All right, so the movie opens with a baby being kidnapped by the box trolls, which then introduces us to the exceptionally sketchy sketchy character, the Snatcher. Why is he called the Snatcher? Motherfucker. (laughs) I'm just going to keep talking, and then you can edit yourself out. I won't. So we're introduced to the sketchy character, the Snatcher, who reports this stolen baby to Lord... (laughs) You know, we'll get there. Honestly, valid question. (laughs) We will get there. Um, so, uh, Snatch reports the <laughs> stolen baby, um, to Lord Portly Rind, who, uh, see, and again, I mentioned the cheese puns and things, Lord Portly Rind, we're introduced to it, like, line three, but they never mention that the oh, town is called Portly Rind. I thought you said pork rind, and I'm like, that's the box no. you came in, it was a box of pork rind. <laughs> no, Portly Rind. <laughs> Um, so Snatcher reports the stolen baby to Lord Portly Rind, um, who it is never explained what sort of place he holds in this town, but clearly it's the highest one because his house is both on the top of the hill and also they report stolen babies to him. So I can only assume he is a point of authority in Cheesebridge. So Portly Rind 
could not give less of a fuck that this child has been taken. He's like, uh, that's cool. Can we deal with it in the morning? And Snatcher's like, we should probably talk about this now. And he's like, eh, in the morning. So then the Snatcher's like, oh my god, but he also stole the cheeses. And then Lord Portly Rind was like, oh my god, not the cheeses. This is such a tragedy. Because like Homeboy that has... Uh, no, he doesn't talk like that at all. I just don't Well, now I don't want to watch the so... movie because a, a cheese lord not sounding that fruity is not a movie that I want to watch. It's a crime to humanity. Um, so you will soon learn that the lord has, the cheese lord has a weird fetish for cheese. Speaking is there a cheese tax? The cheese lord, there's fucking gotta be. <laughs> but only the rich eat cheese. I don't know. It's a weird place. Lord Portly Rind has a fetish for cheese. Specifically, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about his specific fetishes later. So, uh, cheese fetish homie is like, do you want money to go snatch the box trolls? And he's like, nah, I want this white hat on your head, which establishes this long-running history of the snatcher wanting a white hat, which it never explains what this hat does or gets you per se. It is... It's symbolism. Symbolism, Rachel. Yes. it. No, it is symbolism for being at the top of the capitalistic food chain. Um, is the hat but they don't... pointed? No. It well, is that's very good. Tall. That's good. It is a very tall top hat. It does not have a pointy tip. All right. <laughs> But it is never really truly explained, like in detail, what the white hat means. It like it obviously implies that you're an elite. Um, later, we learn that the group, the white hat brigade, seems to be allowed to spend what I assume is taxpayer money, perhaps taxed on cheeses, funding things. But instead, they seem to ignore all of their uh, political duties to buy cheese. But basically, the most important feature of having a white hat is that it allows you access to fancy cheese parties, and there's only like four people in the entire town who are allowed to have fancy cheese parties. See, speaking of the the 1%, these are the billionaires of Cheese Bridge. Uh, so only people that go to the these parties- The cheese tycoons. The only people that go to these parties have white hats, so there's only four people per party? Yeah, there's only like four people that attend. Is that even parties. is that even a party? That sounds more like a barbecue at that point. I think parties you know, have to be at least six people. Honestly, we'll talk about it more later, but it seems more like a weird cheese sex group. Is this based on a book? Mm-hmm. Which I can only hope has more answers than this movie gives, because this one really just poses more questions than answers i doubt it um so yeah so he does not give a shit about the child uh we established that the the snatcher wants one of these weird white hats so he can go to a cheese party uh the next scene establishes that box trolls are painted as these horrible disgusting creatures who will eat your flesh steal your babies or worse steal your cheese so I imagine cheese is a large part of the economy in this town because people seem to live in fear about their cheese being stolen slightly more than they live in fear about their babies being eaten. But, you know, to each their own. 
Then we see that the box trolls are in fact just dopey little gremlins who like to steal knickknacks from people's garbage and they wear boxes as clothes essentially. Um, but when they get scared, they hide inside of their boxes like dopey little turtles. Um, and then we see them raising this baby that they supposedly ate at the beginning of the film. Uh, his name is Eggs because that's the box he's wearing. Fish is the troll that primarily raises eggs. And they have a long montage of Fish actually doing a halfway decent job of raising eggs. Through a couple scenes where you like see them playing with stuff. He teaches Eggs how to play music. He gets some teddy bears and gifts and things. They have a nice, cute little life together. Uh, box trolls are pretty regimented. They wake up and go to bed at the same time every day. They like to invent weird little things with the knickknacks that they steal. Sidebar. And then, so, yes. scenario: a box troll wears a box. It, he's, he has a fish box. His name is Fish. Um, it rains. The box breaks down. He has to get a new box. Is he still fish? Or does he have to adopt the new name of the new box? You know, that's a great question. And it's interesting that you pose that question. Because when I was watching this film, I also had a question. <laughs> and it's, would eggs think that trolls are hot? Like, because he's raised by trolls and doesn't really experience humanity a lot. So I imagine... Well, when he becomes an adult, that he would look at trolls and be like, damn. Let's, let's start with how That's old a is nice he box. in the movie. I don't know. I think he's like 12. All right. Uh, at 12, the answer is yes. He is sexually attracted to anything that moves. <laughs> well, I imagine he's attracted to boxes. So I wonder. So if, I don't if know. You... I don't want to talk about a 12-year-old being attracted to things. But like as an adult you, you human being. <laughs> No, I know, but I'm saying, like, once he becomes an adult human being, if he was raised by trolls and only ever experienced trolls, like, ergo, I feel like, you know, he would want to be with a troll, and humans would be these, like, gross creatures that don't wear boxes. But he 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 can see his own face, and he knows that he's like, looks a certain way, so when he'd see something that looks like him, he'd be better into it. It's the whole ugly swan thing. Like, the swan doesn't know. fuck ducks. I don't know, man. They might. Actually, I don't know. I, back to the naming. So, do you think that they hyphenated then? Like, he's he's now fish. Yeah, would you be like... Hyphen sketchers, hyphen yeah. plant food? I want to believe what so. If he was, what if he was fish hyphen fish food? <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Fish, fish food. Fish, fish food. Fish, fish food food. Um, Yep, I'm going to go with if their box gets destroyed, it's hyphenated. Or they you're just... like, that's fish, but now he's fish food. Or uh, they have an existential crisis and just off themselves. That's horribly depressing. I can't, I can't adopt a new name. I was fish. Are there any other fish boxes? No, I'm done. Goodbye. Um, so on a cuter, more wholesome note, <laughs> uh, the trolls sleep in piles of their little box shells. So they like stack themselves on each other and like hide inside of their boxes, I guess, but in a large pile, like a box fort. 
Um, so obviously at this point we see that Snatcher is the main villain who wants to murder these dopey box trolls that hide like turtles in exchange for some fucking hat that will let him taste cheeses. And he tells his mostly less than intelligent goons that they're doing it for good and not for evil. It's weird that um, these turtle-like trolls that name themselves off of boxes aren't the weirdest part of this movie. Is it's it this not cheese odd? economy. Yeah, this fucking weird, seductive cheese economy is so much fucking weirder than these little fleshy turtle creatures and, that live in boxes. And the Snatcher and the people around the Snatcher, they're just people, right? They're they are humans? Yeah, they're just human beings, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so the only, the only weird creatures in this film are box trolls. Uh, so then we meet Senor Portly Ryan's daughter because she sees eggs and his troll homies outside her big-ass mansion house rolling around the streets looking for knickknacks. And obviously to her, this means that they're box troll menaces eating another grown child. Um, right. So she goes and busts in on Papa Ryan's cheese meeting and is like, Papa, Papa, the trolls. And Papa Ryan is in the middle of sexually comparing a cheese specifically Brie, which seems to be his sexy cheese of choice, Excuse to a me? woman. <laughs> yeah, he's has a hard-on for Brie. So he's sexually comparing a cheese to a woman named Madame Frou-Frou, who we will meet later. Her name's and not Brie? Am- That's weird. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it's Brie Frou-Frou. I don't know. Brie Frou-Frou. I imagine Frou-Frou is not both... Her- I imagine Frou is not both her first and last name. All right, Rachel, you live in this world. You are uh, in the cheese economy. Which cheese are you sexually attracted to? Dude, honestly, I don't blame him for liking Brie. Yeah, it's a really good pick. It's a good fucking cheese. Like, you're still weird as hell, but it's a good, not to kink shame anybody who's sexually attracted to Brie, but it's a weird, weird thing. I I think for me, it's got to be Havarti, which is basically like butter cheese. It's like the fat, fat Ah, cheese. Ah, fuck. Yeah, Dill Havarti. Have you ever had that? That shit's amazing. Oh my God. If you ever see Dill Havarti, holy cow. That's a fucking cheese right there. That's a (laughs) sexy cheese. Well, you you already made your answer. You can't go back now. Fuck. No, I can have two. This is holy matrimony. No, 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 no. This is Swiss cheese matrimony. No, this is the bisexuality or pansexuality (laughs) of the cheese world. I like Brie and Havarti. Well, no, pansexuality and is if you're attracted to a grilled cheese <laughs> or a quesadilla. Is it because they're made in a pan? Yeah, that's the joke. Ha ha, pans. <laughs> ha ha, pans. I've never heard that pansexuality joke before in my life, ever. No, of course not. Because I've also definitely. heard, oh, well, I'm plate sexual. Oh, God, that makes me want to smack people. I don't approve of violence, but that makes me want to smack people. Their sexuality does not make me want to smack people, Rachel. Maybe think twice before you you become a bigot on on my show. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, we established this is my show. That's how the turntables. That That is correct. I apologize. Thank you. Don't be rude to me on my own show. Anyway, so he's sexually comparing Madame Frou-Frou to uh, Cheese, specifically Brie, who we will meet later. So he's like embarrassed as hell because his daughter just walked in on this weird sexual cheese confession thing. Um, And he is too busy continuing to fantasize about Cheese to listen to her talk to him about how the trolls are outside and going to mutilate 
her like come inside and mutilate her. Um, so he just kind of tells her to fuck off instead of listening to the fact that his child's terrified so that he can continue to canoodle with his homies about some sexy brie cheeses. Uh, so that's kind of the end of that scene. I mean, like, she runs into the snatcher outside. Some shit happens. She thinks that the box trolls eat eggs again. Snatcher? I barely knew her. Sorry. Ah! Um, so Snatcher and Lord Portly Rind have another chat. And Snatcher's like, yo, if I murder all the trolls, I want one of them hats. And Portly Rind is like, uh, you're kind of... Eh, you're on the lower dregs of society. I don't. You really are want to super agree to this. cringe. No. Yeah, basically. So he reluctantly agrees to this concept because he does not want box trolls in his cheesy community because he thinks they will thieve his brie. Um. So Snatcher's kind of like reinvigorated by this conver- this conversation to do some more aggressive snatching, so that he can win over his white sexy cheese hat and go to sexy cheese parties. Uh, so we begin to see dwindling troll numbers as their it shows a montage of their little sleepy box pile diminishing, and eventually we even see Fish, who is Eggs's troll papa, basically, get snatched. And somewhere in this, Eggs also figured out that he is a people and not a troll, so he dresses up like what he thinks people look like and wears a fake mustache and tries to make himself a nice outfit so that he can go sleuth around the upper human world because they kind of live, I think, in like a sewer, maybe. Um, and uh, he goes to try to figure out what's happening. How the to fuck fish do boxes survive in the, in, a, in the sewers? Well, it might be a cave because it's not really like moist. Okay. So it's probably a cave more realistically. Um, so Eggs tries to go figure out what happened to Fish and the other trolls, and he comes up on Trubshaw Baby Day, which is the name of the day that marks the anniversary of when the baby from the beginning of the film was stolen and quote-unquote eaten. So they apparently have a giant party every day, once a year when this happens. I don't know. It seemed like a carnival <laughs> festival. It seemed I barely weird. watched it. I was... I took an edible this, and I was writing down notes. Well, I had, then after no. this movie, the Star Trek movie came on. So my notes are a little just fused together. Uh, no, it's more of like this day is supposed to mark the day when the trolls came up out of the fucking ground and stole a baby from somebody's fucking house. And they're celebrating it with a carnival. It's more of just fucking weird, like like as a, a social construct. Of an event. It's it fucking weird. It wouldn't be the first time that there was like a tragedy that we No, have then... you seen the fucking Titanic slides that are at like every pumpkin patch ever? I was once talking to somebody and I was like, <laughs> I'm so about how long until 9-11 becomes a slide? Because Hold... Titanic was about a hundred years ago. What do you mean a Titanic slide at have pumpkin patches? Have you never seen this? If you go, so I went to a pumpkin patch as a kid. I just had a stroke. A what are you talking about? <laughs> I went to a pumpkin patch as a kid. And it's like, you know, it's got that like fair carnival vibe deal going with it. It was in a church parking lot. And they had an inflatable slide that was Titanic themed. But, but, what? <laughs> yeah, I will look it up for you right now. Oh, who was involved in the, 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 the selection process where they're like, I need a Titanic slide. 
I what about like a, not... a farm slide? Like this one has a tractor on it, or or ooh, this one is like a Halloween themed one. So it's a pumpkin. You slide out of the pumpkin's mouth. It kind of fits the whole pumpkin patch. No, I want Titanic. I, s- <laughs> I sent you a link. Go click on it. All right, link. What is this stupid looking? <laughs> And I Somebody ask you, this. I ask you, how long until 9-11 becomes a slide? How long? A hundred years at least. At least a hundred years, because more people died on 9-11 than on the Titanic. So I imagine it's probably like, give her, like, maybe give 25 years, but it's at least a hundred. It's, it's, yeah, it's got to be a hundred years. So 2101 is is when we're going to get some 911 like you you slide off of a slide that's held up by like 3 quarters and 1 quarter of the towers in a slope. Yep. What is this monstrosity? <laughs> There's different ones too. Is that not too. the most horrific thing you've ever seen? When I was a kid, I did not put two and two together how fucked up that was cuz I was like 6 when I went to this pumpkin patch. But then it was only like a couple years later that I went back to the same pumpkin patch and was like, "Hmm, that seems questionable." It's I mean like it's like this isn't a Titanic themed park or like any kind of like nautical themed or, or remembrance. This is just like at carnivals. This, yeah. Okay, this Titanic slide, the inflatable one, has the Burger King logo on it. Can you explain <laughs> that to me? I think you would have to ask a Burger King representative. Uh, I, it's One of the Burger Barons. Yeah, you'd have to ask the Burger Baron. But yeah, how fucked up is this? <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> All right, you're off the hook for now, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. That's just, uh, I experienced that as a child and was like, mm, this seems questionable. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So we learn about the Trubshaw Baby Carnival, and the big deal about this carnival is that every year it means Madame Fru Fru, the lady that was sexually be com- being compared to Brie earlier, comes and performs the like, Trubshaw Baby Swiss tale. Cheese, but Brie. I we'll we'll get there. I don't know. We'll go on. Um, there's lots of weird cheese things happening in this film. Again, you'd think the trolls would be the weirdest. It is not. All right. So every year on Trubshaw Baby Day, this famous performer named Madame Frufru, who appears to be a French burlesque performer, comes and visits the town, and then does a whole show about how the Trubshaw baby was murdered and eaten. And again, I wonder why we're having a carnival to celebrate this day. Real fucking weird. Well, there's a Titanic Um, slide, so I mean... All the men in the... Yeah, there's a Titanic slide, so why not a Trubshaw baby carnival? Do you think the Titanic slide's at this carnival? You know, based off of... If it's at Pumpkin Patches, it's definitely at this remembrance based off of the uh, ethical depth of cheese bridge i'm gonna go with yeah they probably have the titanic slide in a corner of their death baby carnival these people are definitely morally broken because we just had the conversation oh my of God, what's yes. the what's what's the the minimum amount of years to do this and like we agreed 100 for these people 12 years yeah not even because well, they started it's, before it's yep 
it's at, it's at least 11 at the or at most 11 because this has at least been happening for one year for it to be a a yearly thing it's fucked up yeah so you know they're morally corrupt and ethically questionable uh so when madame frufru's performing it, we kind of get the vibe that pretty much the men of the town seem to be in love with madame frufru which is when we very briefly meet mama portly rind who I am vaguely certain only shows up one other time in the film and does not have a single speaking line, but in this particular scene, she slaps her husband for flirting with Madame Furfru. So after this scene, Portly Ryan's daughter, who's named Winnie, and Eggs officially meet, and she's like, oh my god, how'd you escape the trolls? And he's like, bitch, they don't fucking eat people, that's how. And then she officially surmises that Eggs must be the Trubshaw baby, uh, if you haven't figured that out from the rest of my description. Context clues. Um, Yeah, I know, wild. But they, you know, they spell it out for you, unlike the name Cheesebridge for the town or any other explanation regarding Cheesebridge and their white hats. But yeah, so they spell out the Trubshaw baby deal. Um, And then we're taken over to the Snatcher's Lair where we see that he is so deeply obsessed with the White Hats that he makes his goons play cheese party with him and made them their own paper hats that are white. And they have a singular tiny piece of cheese that they split between themselves. Um, And in this process, we learn that Snatcher is aggressively allergic to cheese. What? Like, this man literally becomes a fucking bruised blimp and has angry cheese-induced hallucinations where he gets violent and starts trying to kill people. What? So lactose intolerancy (laughs) is, like, seen as, like, leprosy in this society. Yeah, kind of, but it's, like, lactose intolerant meets poison oh, ivy oh. meets peanut allergy no what you described is past intolerant that is no longer intolerant that is uh yeah he's deathly allergic to cheese in this cheese economy which is probably why people think he's fucking weird because he's allergic to cheese in this town that is entirely built upon cheese um and they solve his cheese blimp issue by throwing a ton of fucking leeches on his face before he accidentally, angrily, hallucination-induced murders somebody. Okay. Yeah. Um. So during this whole scene, Eggs has come to the hideout while they're doing their whole cheese-eating, murdering, calming-down experience um, and starts trying to rescue Fish and the other trolls who I believe at some point in this scene we discover are being used as slave labor. Um, and then Winnie, the cheese rind kingpin's daughter also shows up. And so Snatcher sees them and is like, well, let's snatch them both and murder them. And Eggs and Winnie escape into the sewers to go back to the box troll cave. Um, when they get there, Winnie confronts the trolls about stealing eggs. Cause at that point she still thinks that they the stole person the eggs, not like eggs from the market. Yeah, yeah, the person not kidnapping, um, not shoplifting. Yes, exactly. Uh, the trolls then tell the story about how they got him, how they got eggs in trollies. So basically, this entire film, the trolls have been speaking in trollies. So how the fuck does this kid speak any English when he was raised by these trolls? 
Because the only thing that we see him experiencing regarding to humanity is a singular record that I believe is in French. I, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know how the fuck he knows any English. But uh, Egg speaks fluent English. And so he translates what the what Fish is telling them, which is that uh, the trolls, you know, years ago... Bef- um, Do the trolls speak any English at all or only the trolls? So- I'm pretty sure this movie came out right around when Minions came out because they kind of speak the same amount of English that Minions do where it's mostly nonsense and just mushed together syllables and vowels, but occasionally there's an actual word thrown in there. So Eggs translates uh, the story that this human who was an inventor who is obviously Eggs' human papa Uh, discovered the trolls and realized they were cool and not flesh-eating, baby-snatching monsters. And they would work on inventions together because the trolls like to steal knickknacks to create stuff in their little cave lair. Um, So then one night, Snatcher came to visit the inventor and wanted him to build him some sort of machine. And Inventor Papa was like, hell no, I'm not into that. So Snatcher then tried to snatch baby eggs. Um, So... Human inventor Papa tossed baby eggs out the window to the trolls, and um, that is how the trolls came to be raising eggs, is they had to rescue him from the Snatcher, and then the Snatcher murdered Eggs' dad. And then that loops us to the beginning of the film when Snatcher shows up at Lord Portly Ryan's house and is like, oh my god, the trolls have eaten a child and murdered a person. Wait a minute. What? The trolls would have to know English, because if they don't know English, how do they know what to name themselves based off of the boxes? I told you it's nonsense with the occasional word thrown in. I think if we have one syllable word, they're chilling. Like they speak this foreign language, but then go, fish, I'm fish, this is a fish. Yeah. Like, I, it's got to be a little bit in English, but mostly it is referred to as trollies. This is wild. Or trollanese? It might be trollanese. Yeah, this movie's fucking wild, and it's, like, not because of the trolls. <laughs> um, So then they go through this whole story, and then Winnie and Eggs have this nice touching scene where Winnie explains that the man who died in the story is Eggs' father, and despite the fact that Eggs magically fucking knows English, despite being raised by creatures that do not speak English, he apparently still does not know what the word father means. So then Winnie's like, oh, it's somebody who raises you and looks after you and loves you. And Eggs is like, oh, so fish. And then we pan over (laughs) to see fish drinking water from a bowl like a dog. And Winnie's like, "Mm, maybe not. not They're supposed to always, not quite like fish. Um, They're supposed to always listen, never get angry, give you guidance. They're there when you're scared and lonely. They're never too busy to talk to you. Which, whoops, her daddy is quite the opposite, because all he gives a fuck about is turning brie into Swiss cheese, adding some holes in it, making brie babies. Ah, oh, you know man. I mean. <laughs> you have to say that. <laughs> but, yeah, so she, like, describes the opposite of her dad. And then Eggs is like, well, we gotta talk to your father, because you have a father. And when he's like, uh, I don't think it's gonna help. And Eggs is like, well, he's the only dad we got, so let's go. Um, so she's like, all right, I'll agree to do it if you act, if you look and act 
like a proper member of society and not a bitch in a box, which is highly offensive to the trolls who are apparently highly averse to box nudity because they all scream when Eggs' box is removed. Which I think has to do with the concept of, like, if you walked up to a turtle and removed a turtle's shell, all of the surrounding turtles would be like, Jesus fucking Christ, what an act of violence. So anyway, she sews him a fancy outfit, and out of all of these swatches of scraps and knickknacks that the trolls have previously stolen, and then she teaches him some high society shit like how to shake hands, because he does not know how that works, and they go to a party. Um, there's also, okay, there's a weird moment where, uh, they're, like, about to enter the party, and they're showing Eggs walking like a dirty little gremlin in his proper, his quote-unquote proper boy outfit. So he's all, like, hunched over, and he's got his legs in this, like, wide, weird, like, crawly position, um, and he's wiping his nose on the back of his hands. And then they add in him scratching his junk. And Winnie's like, hi- goes like, oh my god! And then teaches him about what quote, private parts are. Which just seems really fucking weird, unnecessary, and creepy for a children's film. Well, I don't think trolls have sex ed, so. Yeah, it just seemed odd considering this is a children's film and they like already showed him walking like a gremlin and wiping his nose. Like, I don't think we needed to add in referring to yeah, his junk. It does seem a little film. gratuitous. Like you already have this to establish that mo- motive. So like adding more yeah. into it is just unnecessary, just but then you had to do it this way, which was worse. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nice and odd. Um, so they go into this party and pretty quickly into the party, Eggs gets nabbed by what appears to be the Snatcher dressed as Madame Frou-Frou. But I have come to confirm, and I had this theory while watching, that this motherfucker just cross-dresses once a year to flirt with cheesemen and sing about how the trolls ate the baby that he tried to murder. Uh. And these cheese society dudes make so many goddamn passes at his Madame Frou-Frou drag persona that, like, I have to believe he has performed certain favors in exchange for cheese. And I think it is somewhat implied that Snatcher as Fru-Fru even, like, writes them sultry letters throughout the year. And I can only assume this is his, like, consolation plan to get adjacent to sexy cheese parties. <laughs> so, so Snatcher snatches eggs and they go to this closet and where he reveals his like dastardy villainous plan to murder all of the trolls. Um, and he seems like he is about to choke eggs to death, but is interrupted by one of the white hat guys barging into the closet and asking when it's his turn to have a lap dance with Madame Frou-Frou. And then at this party, Lord Portly Rind unveils that instead of spending community funds on a children's hospital the white hat brigade has purchased a massive wheel of brie which he then spends the whole party doting on and like dusting with his you know the like pocket squares that are worn at fancy events yes he's basically just sitting there like polishing the wheel of brie the whole night until the whole Snatchers slash frou-frou and eggs debacle of them chasing each other around the party ends up knocking his giant wheel of brie off its platform and it does a nice cinematic roll all the way from the uh, house at the top of the hill where the, lo- the portly rinds live all the way down 
the town and into the ocean. Which is, of course, a tragedy since this Bree is the utmost important thing in his life above his wife and his child. Naturally. Yeah, so in the wake of this tragedy in the silence that ensues, uh, Eggs tries to explain the whole Snatcher debacle, Snatcher's drag persona, and how the box trolls are actually not evil baby-eating gremlins. And uh, Senior Homie Rind is too pissed about his cheese being lost to listen. Eggs goes home to try to save the remaining box trolls from Snatcher's death villainous death plan um and instead snatcher shows up with some death machine and sucks them all up in a giant vacuum including eggs and takes them back to his lair where he reveals his plan to smoosh all the trolls in a giant like baler type machine he's got all these Um, machines but he couldn't like just make his own cheese cheese isn't hard to make uh, dude right or like I don't know, he kidnapped all these fucking trolls. He could have been using them to make cheese and throwing his own cheese party. Like, you already have the slave labor. Yeah, just make slave cheese. Um, So while there, Eggs gets put in a cage, and he's dangling next to this man who is upside down, Um, who, as we learn more about the man the Snatcher has kidnapped, we find out it's Eggs' dad, who is now definitely fucking crazy. Um, And he was forced to invent machines for snatcher that he used to you know like capture the trolls and murder them and things um so we see them dangling and then we see all the trolls get put into the murder machine and we see all the trolls get murdered and then we see the next scene is snatcher rolling through the streets with his doom machine he has a very like dr eggman vibe in the last couple scenes of this film he fucking wishes yeah dr cheese man um, so he rolls through the streets with his doom machine while dangling eggs with like a paper mache troll mask, talking about how he killed all of the trolls and that this is the last one. And so he's going to murder it in front of the town as proof that he just eradicated the box troll problem. And so everybody in the town's like, oh, my God, our hero, give him a white hat. And Snatcher's like, it tells Lord Portly Ryan, bitch, I want your fucking hat. And so the town's chanting, like, give it to him. And Sword Lord Portly Rhine reluctantly agrees that he will give him his white hat once the last troll is seen dead. So during this final scene, they're doing like a... It seems like a real risk to to kill the kid with just a troll costume on. Like, why not get rid of the kid and just use another troll and publicly execute that troll who's definitely a troll and not a child in a mask? Yes, that well, seems... and he wants to burn him in a furnace, and I'm like, I feel like the mask would probably burn away faster than his flesh, yeah, but it's and too people late. would probably figure it out. But yeah, well, he's not the brightest crayon in the box. So during the process of, he's like getting sworn into the White Hat Society, and his goons are like, um, maybe we're not the good guys. And Winnie rolls up and is are like, no, nah, y'all... Yeah, he goes, she's like, yeah, y'all are definitely fucking evil. And one of them's like, you know, I've been telling you guys, like, I've been saying that we are not viewed as good people. And now, like, we're hearing it firsthand. So (laughs) she convinces them to redeem themselves by not killing eggs. So they're like, should we not kill him? Yeah, we probably shouldn't kill him. So they do the whole last minute, like, oh, we changed our minds. Um, And then around that same time, the 
crazy inventor dad and a bunch of naked box trolls come swinging in to the town square to continue this rescue process. Um, so obviously we have found out that the box trolls are alive and did not in fact get smooshed in the giant baler. And then, so they rescue eggs, them and the box trolls and Winnie all group up and he's like, oh my God, how'd you live? And Fish starts explaining the tale and eggs translates that basically the box trolls built their little sleepy box fort that they like to sleep in. And apparently when their boxes are stacked it seems like they connect to truly make like a little internal fort because it shows them all naked sneaking out of the back of the fort while all the boxes are still stacked so i don't know about the like tardis physics of the box trolls but they seem to have a sort of whole internal structure to their fort and then when they're done for the evening they trolls are magic who knows whatever into yeah, they change it into clothes for the day. I don't know what the deal is. Um, but yeah, so they created a box fort and slipped out naked through the back of their fort before getting crushed. Um, so since the uh, the trolls are obviously not dead and Eggs has escaped, the Snatcher starts going kind of crazy because he was real close to his white hat dreams and now they have all been tarnished. Um, so he basically tells Lord Rind that he's gonna fucking kill him and admits to him that he's Madame Frufru. And Lord Portly Rind is like, oh my god, I have so many regrets. <laughs> um, So they do this whole, like, final fight scene where uh, Eggs and the trolls start trying to sabotage uh, Snatcher's death machine. And during this entire fucking scene... There's not, like, a single other adult helping, except for the the goons decide to try to help. But everybody else that was just in this, like, big-ass town square event that was chanting about giving this man, giving Snatcher a white hat, has just, like, poof. They're gone. They're like, eh, I'm not gonna help save this town. Fuck, Fuck this. I'm out. Snatcher's machine gets fucked up enough that he gets tossed out of it, and it crashes into the wheel. So, oh, so during this fight scene... A couple of the other white hat peeps have gone and rescued the wheel of Bree from the ocean and have brought it back up to the top of the hill. And like right as they get up there, Snatcher's machine fails and tosses him into the Bree wheel. Um, so Homeboy, being viciously allergic to cheese, turns into another cheese blimp. And then he fucking, like while he's blimping out and turning into this grotesque cheese allergened creature he snatches up Winnie and tells Lord Portly Rind that he wants his white hat in exchange for the kid and this man is like the shittiest father he's sitting there like uh can I give you anything else bro it's a hat let it go yeah it's a it's a fucking hat you asshole so he's a terrible father but Um, it's the status symbol behind the hat that's important to him yeah but so because he can't fucking pay for another hat I don't know with all his cheese money, I'm sure he has. But yeah, so he blorps out, kidnaps Winnie, and then is like, give me the hat. So eventually, after some back and forth, and Winnie being like, giving him the eyes and being like, you fucking serious? He finally gives Snatcher his hat. And then so Snatcher's like, oh, now that I have the white hat, we can go have a cheese tasting. So <laughs> Everything's fine now. This, 
Yeah, it's all good. Um, so they go to have a cheese tasting in Lord Portly Ryan's cheese room. And so it's Snatcher still kidnapping Winnie with Lord Portly Rind, eggs, and fish all in the room to have a cheese tasting. And so for a brief moment, Snatcher has a moment where he's like, maybe I shouldn't eat this cheese. And then uh, I think Eggs even has a speech where he's like, it's not going to change who you are eating this cheese, being in this, this cheese room. Some poetic speech. And Snatcher decides to continue eating the cheese. And then basically he dies by becoming a giant cheese fart because he gaseously explodes and that is how he dies and then the film ends with another carnival where instead of madame frufru performing a horrible strange tragic event winnie is now performing the weird tragic event of how snatcher exploded all over their cheese room and his blood and guts were everywhere but no big deal because the box trolls and humans now live in harmony and eggs has two papas are are they still just wearing boxes or are they like allowed to live in the houses like people no i think they're still wearing boxes i don't know if they're allowed to live in houses like people but they're still dressed in boxes would, would they all just rename themselves the house yeah i don't know because like if they name themselves based off of what they're wearing, even if they change their outfits, would they all just be shirt? Or would I guess it would be fish shirt, shoes pants. I hate this they'd, concept. They'd be hyphenated. Um, but that's basically the film. Is the snatcher? That's, that's basically the film condensed down explodes. into the time that it takes to just watch the movie. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it was like a two-hour movie, and I explained it in less than an hour. Thank you. <laughs> okay. But that's my uh, synopsis. How, how long is the box, box trolls, trolls for you? <laughs> Look it up. Box trolls is an hour and thirty six minutes. So what you did is you saved. I explained our it in about half thirty the time. minutes of the movie. No, some of this hour was we random questions and fucking off. I saved people about forty five minutes. Thank you. It's debatable. Look. Because they still got box trolls in their system. <laughs> so they still have all these unanswered questions. You have I you've done nothing like for humanity think, this day. No, I like to think I theorize some of the answers to some of these questions. Oh, so they don't have to think about it themselves. That's smart. Yeah, exactly. And that is my wild card topic for the week. Alrighty. Uh my wild card topic will have to wait. <laughs> I don't think we have time for it. Nah, just kidding. I didn't have one. Um, uh, now, I do actually have some questions submitted to our email, which is weird because as of this recording, we haven't even posted the first episode. Do you want to hear these questions? I do. Were you being serious? Do we actually have questions? We do, yeah. Uh, so did you send them in? I did not. No, these are questions okay. that were just in it. So uh, our first question comes from Horny Milf, spelled with two Fs. And they ask, are you, you looking for hot this. MILFs in your area? Um, You know, I got to say, no, I'm not currently looking for hot MILFs in my area. Interesting. As for me, um, I'm also not looking for hot MILFs in my area. Um, so uh, thank you, Asker, for your question. 
Uh, our next question comes from XIJ5PO889, who wants to know, do you want a bigger penis? Yes. I also would like a bigger penis. Yes, thank you, XIJ5PO889, for your question. Uh, that is all of our questions. Those are really great questions. Those are really, really great questions. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Please submit your questions to WHTPAH at gmail.com. Woodpa at gmail.com. At gmail.com, yeah. Also, fun fact, the Counting Crows guy does not have herpes. <laughs> I, I brought that up in the last episode, and I don't remember where <laughs> I heard the rumor, but it's fucking bullshit. I tried to look it up to get the actual information and answers, but no, nothing. Turns out that the guy... Like- what the hell are you talking about? I, I cannot recall where I read that information. For, Probably on I like forgot. Reddit or something. Somebody, some, you know, people are just like spouting off whatever troll nonsense they want. Uh, no, Adam Duritz of Counting Crows is a pretty decent person and he's not threatening me at all to say that. Well, that sounds as legit as it could possibly get. Yeah. Um, I actually ordered a ukulele from Amazon to do an apology video, but it's uh, it, it got delayed, so I guess we're not going to do that. I still stand um, by my distaste for their music. No, hold on. I can help you out. Give me a second. You're going to play a ukulele? All right. Uh, all right. This is a song that we wrote to apologize to... What's their name? Adam Duritz of Counting Crows. To apologize to Adam Duritz of Counting Crows? I'm sorry. That sounded terrible. You don't have... But it's okay because Counting Crows sounds terrible. What was it supposed to be? Herpes, I think. Again, I don't even know where I read it, so saying anything at this point is moot. Fair enough. I'd I'd rather listen to your ukulele than any of their music, though. How does anybody anybody like Accidentally in Love? It's ludicrous. (laughs) Well, the only reason that Accidentally in Love is popular is because Shrek is a cinematic masterpiece. It is not. I... No, it is a cinematic masterpiece. If you watch it to this day, the animation absolutely doesn't look bad. I disagree. No, it looks not great. Um, I think the uh, Puss in Boots movie was the only good thing to come out of the Shrek series. Um, I'm like the most that. recent one or the original Puss in Boots movie? Both. Uh, the, the most recent one is a great, great movie, actually, just on its own. I don't know if you've seen it. The Last Wish, I think it's called. No, I have not seen that one. It's really good. Like, up there with Into the Spider-Verse good. Oh, really? I, I'd stand by that. I mean, it was it was one of those movies on my watch list, but I expected it to hit a little closer to Box Trolls than Into the Spider-Verse. No, 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 no. Is is that the, the grading scale we're going with? Yeah, Box Trolls is not quite the bottom, but it is closer to the bottom. And then Into the Spider-Verse is chilling at like 9 and 10. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good scale. Okay. Thank you for um, listening to the Box Trolls podcast. Next week we're going to we'll be covering Box Trolls 2, uh the return of Snatcher. Is that actually a thing? No. <laughs> Do no, cuz in my look, in my googling to find the synopsis and a couple background facts on Box Trolls I did actually come across a couple things that were asking about Box Trolls too. Well, then it is up to so it is you not... to sate the hunger of our audience in their wonder of what is Box Trolls 2 about. 
Well, That's if it you. exists, I will be covering it. Um, but for now, the film has maybe yet to be made. I haven't found out yet. So in the meantime, next week, we will be tackling... That sounded awful. Please be wild card. It was wild card, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Again, thank you. That was our show. And this has been a wrap about the importance of dental health. Thank you. Sorry, wrong, wrong note.